0: And belly and up to the 9-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. My name is Chris. His name is Ed. We're sitting down here in my basement doing Socks in the Basement. It's four fans by fans. It's 30 minutes of Socks. And there's limited things that we can talk about. I got a few things, though, for today's show. I, I've got a few surprises. We're going to go to the phone lines, too, maybe. I, I'm so starved for content. Oh, okay. We may play some of the more ridiculous calls that have ever come in to the Socks in the Basement voicemail line.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty much where we're at, right? You, You, um... <laughs> You don't have spring training going on. You uh, you don't have any hot stove action going on. You don't have any baseball being discussed in the Major League Baseball arena. All you have are, are labor squabbles and random drunken phone calls. So, yeah, I think we're good.
0: Listen, we talked about this on the show maybe a week or so ago where I pointed out that, like, at some point I'm just going to start playing the drunk calls, the drunk dials. Like Calls like this one Which came in after I said Be forewarned We're so low on material because of the lockout I might start playing your drunk dials Take a listen
2: It's Roy again White Sox in the Base. He said you want to start playing all these uh messages and stuff Start playing them I don't care I don't care if you sound drinking out there at 105 boys I don't care if 1010 1015 I don't care the 107 part I don't care 369 or part I don't care but y'all going to need to start getting head out of your butts and start trading and start getting good players and uh, need to start building a dynasty. And I like to see that. But, you know, you want to sit there and say, well, all these people drinking and stuff, well, hell, we all stay drunk. Hell, you can't even win a damn game. came can't, can't win the playoffs of the World Series. My well stay drunk. Hell, you not get, get a damn decent trade going or even sweet deals. My will stay drunk. Might as well stay in the basement and get drunk and get drunk and stay drunk. And might as well just drink all your booze and whiskey and stuff and stay down there and start talking smack to all y'all down there. Because you don't know how to make any trades. You don't want to make any trades. And you don't want to win World Series titles. Because you suck. <laughs> I,
0: my question is, does he think... Yeah, me again. No, no, don't talk anymore. Does he think... Does he think... <laughs> does he think that we're the White Sox? Was I get? Were you and I getting blamed for no trade activity during a lockout? This little body yes. to, thats a you see that—that's a special kind of drunk right there. Is that what I heard, Ed?
1: Yeah, that's what I heard. I, I I what I took out of it was that we don't you and I right don't want to win a World Series and no. we don't know how to make a good trade. And that you and I, in particular, need to build a dynasty. Right, what we do. Which, which, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's true. I, I don't disagree with anything you said. I just, <laughs> I, I hate, to, I hate to inform him that I have really no ability to to affect any kind of change in that regard. I, I, I'm, I'm not even a season ticket holder, quite frankly. So I, I don't even have a financial stake in the game. I'm, I've only, I only have ever gotten into partial season tickets. So. Uh, so Jerry's really not going to listen to me. How about you?
0: No, no. I, listen, this is all our fault, obviously. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the lack of trade activity when the players are locked out not only falls on the team, but it falls on us personally. And I get it. I get. It. He's angry. He's angry and he's bored because there's no there's no baseball movement. There's nothing else to talk about. He's really drunk. Sounds like he does a lot of it. Um. I would put him somewhere in some southern state. I would. I would. I would venture to say. He's either downstate Indiana, Kentucky, or Tennessee. That's where I'm at. He could be a West Virginia listener. My wife has kinfolk out there, though, and yeah. and I I don't recognize that, that accent. That, that doesn't seem well, exactly now, West Virginia. Here's,
1: here's a little thing, though. Sometimes when people get drunk, right. they adopt an accent that does not match any way, shape, or form how <laughs> it is that they, you know, where they're from geographically, where their family history is from. Uh, you know, you you sometimes get that where you know somebody will just be drinking and then all of a sudden they'll be like, mm, "Yes, you know, I could go for for a spot of tea if you've got a bit of milk, really? that I could put in that. That would be that would be quite lovely." You, you,
0: you, you break into a a British accent when you're drinking, huh?
1: No, I speak I speak fluent Mandarin when I'm drunk.
0: Okay. Uh, listen, you and that guy and anybody else that wants to start a new career with Family Waterproofing Solutions, first of all, sober up. Do not arrive. At their Installer Job Fair, as drunk as that guy. Saturday, February the 26th, 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. in Evergreen Park. Find out what they do, why they do it, and the services they provide. If you're changing careers or starting a new one, you can join an award-winning family business that is growing with an excellent benefit package available to you. There's no sign-up necessary. Just bring your valid driver's license and don't drink in advance. Please, Saturday, the 26th of February, go to Family Waterproofing Solutions. Check out all the details, get the location, all that good stuff, familydry.com. All right, so maybe we'll play another random one. I have a a bunch of them here. It could all be the same guy. Honestly, I I just picked the most recent one because when people leave messages at the website, I just get a list of you got a call, this was the time, and I got a play button, and that's it. So I've got it brought up today whenever we start running out of things to talk about because there's a lockout going on and news concerning the White Sox is few and far between. I am now ready to make good on my threat to play your drunk dials that you leave with socks in the Basement at socksinthebasement.com. Before we get into any of that, though, a quick note, and I then do want to jump in a little bit into the uh, lockout talk. There was some news at the back end of the week that I've seen some people clumsily try to address uh, whether through article or any other way, and i'm I'm going to try to less clumsily address my concern with it. And that is the White Sox came out and are the only team in Major League Baseball that is requiring the booster shot for anybody that's in their minor league system. Now, a couple of things you got to take away from that. First of all, they required a booster shot because they required the vaccine to everybody in their minor league system last year. So this isn't this isn't news for virtually everybody in the system. They've already been part of the system. They've already had their vaccination, and they're just saying stay up to date on your vaccination. That's what they're that's what they're telling them to do. I don't expect a big pushback on that. People try to make it into a big story. At, at this point, it's not like they just came up with something new. The only weird thing about it, though, Ed, is because minor leaguers are not part of a union. The major leaguers are not required. Like they they've told us that Everybody's vaccinated up here, but when you're not required, you're also not required to actually show something that says that you're vaccinated. So I I don't know. Maybe maybe not. They can do it to the minor leagues though because they are not union. The only concern that I had about this was a baseball concern. I'm not going to wade into uh, you know the pro vax, the anti vax, the science. The, I'm not I'm not doing that. Please. I can't. I can't handle it this week, okay? One of the other shows on the on the broadcast basement on demand radio network, the EP Podcast, Evergreen Park is where the the teacher decided not to put on the mask uh, before the archdiocese came up with the rule and there's been like a protest every other day. So that show's already handling all that stuff, and I'm overloaded on it. All right. So we're not letting that bleed into this show. Please. I need my my inner sanctum of White Sox talk only. But my only concern, Ed, is that the White Sox policy is that if you don't get vaxxed and you don't get your boosters, you cannot play anywhere in their organization, but they also won't release you. And you might, might see something down the line then if you end up with a player or somebody that joins the team or even a draft pick. Imagine that. Somebody gets drafted, you pick the slot indication, and you don't make it clear to them that this is an expectation before they actually sign with the team. And then the guy goes, no, 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 I'm not doing that. And he turns out to be somebody who's like, I'd rather sit out. That could affect you down the line. I don't know if it will. I don't know if it even matters. That was the only thing that stuck out to me. The rest of it, the rest of it is just all noise and fighting and Facebook groups. I'm staying away from that. But that was the only thing. Baseball-wise, what if you ended up with a high-end prospect or somebody that you had in the organization who all of a sudden sat there and said, no, 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 I'm not coming here. I'm not signing that contract because of it. It may, it does limit, although however small it is, the pool that you have to choose from, and you might see a story pop up later. Right now, no story. It's just one of those things that I'm curious. Will there be one later on down the line because of it?
1: Yeah, you know, it, it could happen, and it probably will happen at some point where somebody you find out somebody doesn't join the organization, or you do end up with a draft pick who sort of surprises even their agent, you know, by by sitting there and and saying, "I'm going to take a stand here." Um, And again, I'm not getting into whether or not they are right. The White Sox are right. It doesn't really make a difference. It's just, it's one of those things where, you know, if you're breaking it down to the team as an employer, the player as an employee, the employer's made a policy, the employees are bound to follow it. Otherwise they're not going to do it. But yeah, if the Sox were to lose draft picks, especially if they were to lose somebody big, you know, or lose, uh, you know, I'm not really worried about them losing a a minor league free agent because how often do those really make a huge difference? But but the idea that they could end up forfeiting a draft pick over this is its something, I think, to, to monitor and keep an eye on. And, and you wonder if it's something where they would go back on the policy at some point if they felt like it was hurting them. I, I though, you know, in that regard, I think you have history in all sports where, you know, a prospect is drafted, usually drafted late because the scuttlebutt is they're not going to sign. You know, and you gotta blow them away with it or whatever to get him to sign. So it in baseball it does happen where where teams end up losing a draft pick because somebody won't do it. In fact, the Mets, I, I was reading that, you know, Kumar Rocker, who they they drafted and then they had questions about his health, he's gonna play an independent ball this year to try and get his draft status back.
0: Right, exactly. And so it's not like it never happens to a draft pick. It just adds another variable that could cause it. And it may never cause it. It's just one of those things that will linger out there, and I guess we'll see. Like how David Sampson, who was on our show, he always goes with that hashtag on Twitter, wait and see, or wait to see. Yeah. That's kind of what this is. This is like a wait to see. Will this ever really have an effect on the White Sox? Could, maybe not. We'll see. We'll also see if it's the same drunk guy or a bunch of different drunk guys coming up here, and we'll also talk lockout right here on Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement listeners, do the hard work. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes.
2: It's me again, White Sox in the Basin. <laughs> you know, I was watching them trade deals go down that year. When we got Yonder and McCarta, ain't he supposed to play second base?
0: I'm sorry, did he
1: just call him Yonder by McCarter? Is that what he called him? I thought he said Young and McCarter, and I was trying to figure <laughs> out which two players he was talking about. but I want to see what else he says.
2: Didn't Rick Maria and Rick Han? And- Rick Maria and
0: Rick Hahn. I think he meant Renteria. Hold on, I'll keep going.
2: Oh yeah, he's another Robson. No, let's put him at Let me put him at second. Well, I ain't never seen him play second since that White Sox picked him up. I ain't never seen him play second.
0: Played second base all of 2019, right? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not losing my mind, right, Ed? He played second, Joan Mankata or Murn- and or whatever he called them. He played second base all <laughs> twenty nineteen.
1: Right? Yes, he, he was. He was the White Sox starting second baseman for the entire season. Yes. Okay, just wanted to make sure. I'll keep going.
2: Yeah. but I have seen his rookie year in college. I have seen his college years.
0: He he did not play college ball, did he? Wasn't he an international draft signing? uh yes okay you know, just Markada wanted to make sure it was this guy so yeah. imp- I,
1: I i'm gonna double check on that because now now i'm actually questioning myself <laughs> because i'm i'm starting to question reality listening to this guy
2: he's a real good second baseman i think you put Yonny Your at second <laughs> i think he'll have a 9.5 war i think he'll be over uh a glacius he'll be over um a, a two vein, uh-huh. uh Anybody that plays second base real good, like Robinson Cano and all them, they'll have a high award. And I guarantee you, you put Makata there and you start Makata at second base this year, I guarantee you, you'll win some World Series championships. If you go out and get them three players, move Makata second, and you let Andrew Vaughn, Gavin Sheets, and all them play outfield. You don't need to spend all that money on outfielders. You got a decent prospects play outfield. Got pop in the lineup. You bring Matt in, that'll give you more pop in the lineup. You bring them two starting pitchers in there. That'll straighten up your starting rotation.
0: He's got a lot of people he's adding. I count, I count several people being added to the team. This guy's got big plans. I'm going to stop that he, one. He that really was, does. He's yeah, got big plans. I, I mean, Have we been able to confirm that
1: Yohan Moncada did not play college ball? Have I lost he's my mind? From Cuba. He, no, he's from Cuba. He was He was, a, he was a signing out of Cuba. I thought that. See, I thought that. Yeah. But, you know, at some point when you listen to these but things. But then in the back of my head, yeah, I'm sitting, <laughs> I'm thinking like, or wait, is he from, is he from Texas and he, and he went to USC? Am I thinking wrong here?
0: I appreciate that guy listening to my show. I hope he listens to it forever. I don't care how wrongheaded his ideas are. OK, actually,
1: and- I, I don't I don't I didn't hear. I mean, he's adding a lot of guys and he's spending a lot of money there that I don't think the Sox would ever spend. But the idea of moving Moncada back to second base because the position is so thin and going out and getting a third baseman, which there are more options available and using that as sort of a this is how we're going to fix our position problem. Is a viable option. It's just that we all recall that Young Moncada just wasn't all that good at second base.
0: You know, I, I I love how there was a valid argument in there and that you found it. You are I mean, if you've ever doubted whether or not Ed is actually a lawyer, which he's brought up that he is, right there. There in the middle of that mess, the attorney found something where he could argue logic from the caller. That is a marketable skill. People should pay it you has, for that. It
1: has nothing to do with, with me being a lawyer. It has everything to do with the fact that uh Due to illness, I couldn't drink for years. I learned how to speak fluent drunk while sober. So... Let's get into let's get into some of the CBA stuff over the weekend, okay yeah sp- speaking of speaking of not being able to speak correctly while you're sober let's let's talk about the CBA
0: right. <clears throat> so this is a collection of different reports about what was proposed and how far apart everybody is we'll kind of go through it CBS Sports had a breakdown where they drew from several different uh, sources and tweets and stuff to try to get a good picture of what was going on this weekend where I think they got a little closer. You know, they say the players were unimpressed. Well, that's a lot better than the players stormed out of the meeting and flipped over a chair. Like, uh, players are unimpressed? Cool. I'm fine with that. I feel like there's progress. I actually feel after this past weekend that they're going to find a way to start on time. You might get bad baseball and four-inning starts for the first month of the season, but I think they're trying to get there with a very truncated spring training. I I think that – I think if they can do that they're they're going to go ahead with it cuz they want your money at the gate and they want to say we never we never missed a game. I think if if they if it falls in that sweet spot there where they can go with a with just a couple of weeks of spring training and give you bad baseball in April,
1: Major League Baseball will charge you full price for bad baseball. I guarantee you. Well, we know they'll charge full price for bad baseball because the Pittsburgh Pirates exist. But <laughs> that aside, I think it is something where this battle at this point, and, and I don't really, you know, the, the issues are what the issues are, and the money is what the money is, and you could break it down. The owners want more control and cheaper players. The players want better pay for less, you know, less controlled time under their with their original teams. Fine. You, you know, th- th- you guys have to sort that stuff out, but it's just dollars and cents, and, and dollars and cents are an easy thing to figure out. What this really is about at this point is the posturing in front of the fans who are increasingly not caring what you think you're winning or losing in terms of public opinion because you're both losers, both sides that is. The idea for the owners that they would have this victory of saying, we were so in control of this situation from the start and we have the players under our thumbs so much that we were able to basically dictate from the time we locked them out to the time that we got them back on our fields so that our fans could watch our players, we didn't miss a game. You get to see your favorite players play because of our hard work. And that's what the owners want to be able to sit there and say in press releases because they don't use Twitter properly. That's where we are with it. And, and the players, for their part, are trying to say, well, we want to get on the field and play. So, if they don't respond favorably to decent offers from the players, we get to call BS on them, right? And say, you know, you said you wanted to play, and yet you're sitting here rejecting offers. So that's fine. They're unimpressed. They're unimpressed by the by the owner's offer. That's fine. But my question is, who's gonna who's gonna buckle in the court of public opinion first? Is it the players who say they want to play and are willing to take, you know, any reasonable offer? but then have to try and explain why the offers aren't reasonable? Or is it the owners who are in danger of losing money because they're not putting players on the field?
0: Here's how far apart they are on uh, some of the main points. Uh, this is what they want. The idea of increasing the bonus pool for pre-arbitration players from $10 million to $15 million was uh, proposed by Major League Baseball. Uh, the Players Association wants $100 million. That's far apart, okay? That's
1: really far apart, That's yes.
0: really, really far apart, okay? Now, the, the owners have now proposed increasing the minimum salary to $630,000 or a tiered salary of $615,000 for players with zero to one years of service, $650,000 when it's one to two years, $725,000 for two to three years. So the Major League Baseball Players Association – they want seven seventy five at all service time levels. They're closer, but they're still separated.
1: And I think on that one, I, I, I can honestly see the players buckling because they're still getting a raise. And the tiered system, I think, makes a lot of sense in some ways. So I can see the players kind of capitulating on that if maybe they bump up a little bit on each of the, you know, on, on each one of the, uh, the tiers. If if the owners come back and say, fine, well, we'll you know we'll drop an extra fifty to seventy grand on each tier. I think the players are sit there and going, yeah, "Yeah, yeah, we're fine on that one. that bonus pool thing that's an interesting one because the owners envision giving out these bonuses that they're talking about these pre r bonuses in these tiny little chunks like you know like their stocking stuffers at Christmas or something like that, where it's you know or what you're putting in the Easter eggs for the Easter bunny, you know that that to to be left out, and instead, you know the players are sitting there going, No, we want to have this big pool of money because there's 26 to 40 players that we're talking about on every single roster, and we want all of them to potentially get some of this money when they're in this pre-arb state. So you could have a team that has, you know, a, a rebuild going on where it's it's mostly young guys who are pre-arb or, or maybe a few that are really under contract. Where what they're hoping for is they're not hoping that each guy is going to end up getting, you know, maybe a hundred thousand dollar bonus. What they want is they want the owners to be able to bump a $630,000 salary into like 1.2. If you get a Vlad Guerrero situation, he's a bit of an extreme example, but if you get a guy that really, really performs where the arbitration system, isn't going to reward that player for a couple of years, that's what they want. And and frankly, if I'm the owners, man, I just do that. Cause you could come up with all sorts of excuses for not giving a guy a performance bonus. All you have to do is go back and read stories about Charlie Comiskey and, 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 It's right there for you.
0: Right. They could mess with it. They could be like, hey, we're sitting you this week because you're young or we want to save you for the post. There's so many things they can do to manipulate that. And so you're right. I think that that's something they might actually do something similar to because they'll, they'll figure out they can manipulate it a little bit. Double Play Saloon in Blue Island is one of the places to be uh, all season long if you want to check out some White Sox games. Right now, it's a good place to go play in a, a dart league. It is an absolute dart bar. They also have a Sunday beanbag league. Signups actually ended for that over the weekend, but I'm telling you right now, if you call or text Tommy, my guy over there, and you tell him, hey, can you squeeze me into the beanbag league, he might be able to do it. 773-574-0992, daily $5 basket lunch specials, $13 Miller and Bud Family buckets, and they have temperature soup. When it's cold, whatever the temperature is, that's the cost of soup, and they've got an awful lot of options on the menu, including that delicious soup. Check out their newly remodeled private gaming area, and it's all at 13011 Western Avenue on the island, Blue Island, And that's double play saloon. All right. So let's see. You know, I don't want to get into the competitive balance tax thing because it's it's essentially a soft salary cap. And what the players want is a higher soft salary cap. And what the owners want is a lower one than what the players want. The owners, all you need to know is what the owners did is that they came up by like a million bucks or something like that, or $2 million. It was like, it was just, it wasn't much. It was just a token, we'll come up a little bit, but they're still the same amount away from each other that they really were before this weekend. And then here's the other thing that MLB proposed. Teams receiving two draft picks if a star prospect finishes in the top three in a major awards voting in multiple years as a way to de-incentivize service time manipulation. MLBPA proposed service time bonuses tied to awards voting. So they both are trying to find something there. You know, this is a really interesting ploy. Think about what they're doing here. They're calling the Players Association on the bluff of, we're doing this to make make it uh, more competitive for the fans, right? Isn't that like one of their lines? We want right. these things because in that way, they won't hold guys down. They won't tank. We want these things but we want it in the forms of bonuses and money. And the owners are saying, no, no, no. We'll actually make the teams that do things right benefit by doing things right, but you won't get any more money. And isn't that an interesting ploy right there? Because they're calling their bluff on that. They're saying, well, if you're really concerned about all of this and you really just want things to be more competitive, we'll hand out draft picks to teams that do it the right way. And I think that's really, that's a really interesting uh, negotiating ploy. I I mean, I catch that. That's almost like a, when they said it, there was like a look across the table, like find a reason that that's wrong or admit that you just want more money. Like that, that was interesting to me.
1: Yeah. That is, that's one where the players are going to have to just sort of admit that what they're really after is, is once again, just getting young guys paid Paid. for, paid for playing really, really well. They are doing it with the whole service time manipulation ploy. But in reality, they're really just saying it's kind of criminal that somebody who's in a pre-arb state or somebody who's a, a star prospect, uh, you know, gets held back, even though we can clearly, again, they're going to point to Vlad. And, you know, this guy is, you know, the runaway and, and runaway MVP candidate. If it's not for Shohei Itani, look at how this guy's doing and the Blue Jays might have held him down to try and gain an extra, you know, an extra year of eligibility and things like that, and that would be a shame because look at what a star he is. The reality is, is they just want that guy to get paid. But yeah, that that's one where the owners kind of backed him into a corner, I think. And frankly, if I'm the players and I'm really concerned about service time issues, I do want to see teams basically have the carrot dangled in front of them to to get them to bring those players up early, because that is Going to last longer than ever telling the owners, by the way, pay us more money.
2: Hey, White Sox in the basement. This is Roy. I've been seeing some rumors about Oakland Athletics open season on trading and <laughs> White Sox can sign them long term deals. Like I said earlier, I'll say it again. I said earlier, I'll say it again. You get Chris. Mookie and um, Frankie, Chris and Frankie, and Matt Chapman back, uh, Matt Champion, and uh, is there a Mookie
1: on the A's? I really no. Mookie Betts is a. I just want to know if there was another Mookie like Mookie. So I don't know. I don't know. I was like, which Mookie is he talking about? I've only known two Mookies, and it's Mookie Betts, who's not on the A's, and Mookie Blaylock, who hasn't played in like thirty years. He also said, "Chris." I don't know who that is. Chris, Chris is best pop. Oh,
0: who? Chris Bassett. Oh, okay, thank you. Jeez, I was worried it was me, and I was like, "No, I'm not playing."
2: I'll try a trade <laughs> with Craig Kimber. Oh my and God, that- he has
0: children. Did you hear that? There's yes. a child in the background. You didn't hear that? I heard it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Somebody. There's a small child observing this phone call. This. Oh my God.
2: And that's what I would do. I would trade. Craig Kimbler, Kimbler, Zach Collins, he got his or Chris Bassett, Frankie, All right. Craig Kimbler, and Vimbrae. Zach Collins,
0: and Collins. I
2: mean, you're I... getting you're getting a top prospect, Zach Collins, a good, <laughs> decent back catcher, that's or best. a first baseman, or that's a DH. Best,
0: that's the best part of the entire call. You're getting a top prospect in Zach Collins. Even Zach Collins doesn't think he's a top prospect anymore, does he? Right?
1: No, like he, doesn't, he does not he doesn't
0: think it anymore. I want this guy as a thousand dollar guest bounty guest. I want to give him a thousand dollars if he's interested. I, I really do. Like me, do you, Can you imagine after having Liam Hendricks, Jake Berger, David Sampson We've got a couple of them that we've been talking about Today before we get out of here uh, And Ed and I were talking about before we recorded the show Some other ones that have been suggested to us And who's going to be the next one that comes on Where people can submit people that they, they Have a contact with Or that they think they can get on the show And if that person comes on and is the best guest of the offseason Elite Benefits of America is giving you $1,000 cash Could this guy win? you think this guy can beat out Berger or Hendrix or Samson or anybody else? Yes. <laughs> yes,
1: I do. Yes, I do. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. In the basement. Heard everywhere
0: podcast can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.